Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron is in the house. Welcome everybody to episode number 493 of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. And I appreciate all the listeners we've been getting, especially those from Bentley. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. So today, we were supposed to have Dr. Jerry Smith, but he had emergencies and uh, can't make it this week. We will try for next week to talk about the thyroid, which is integrally related to the mitochondria. But today, we will talk on a different subject. And again, I remind you what Hippocrates wrote many, many years ago. If you are not your own doctor, you are a fool. He was right when he said it then, and it's even more true today. As you can see what's happening with our medical profession, it is fractured into pulmonologists, neurologists, renologists, dermatologists, cardiologists, you name it, there's a spot for it. And just like divide and conquer, that's what's happening in medicine. We're not looking at the patient as a whole. We're not looking at the patient like an engineer would look at it. Look at the patient as a system. And if one part breaks, it's not, it may not be just a, the, a defect in that part. It may have come from someplace else. So welcome, everybody. And let's go on a little journey today. And why the microbiome matters. Why you're always feeling tired in spite of doing everything right. We'll delve into this relationship between the microbiome and the mitochondria. Have you ever wondered how the trillions of microorganisms residing in us can influence these tiny little things we've been talking about, these tiny powerhouses inside our cells? You know, there's more non-human DNA in our bodies than our DNA. They say the microbiome weighs somewhere around a kilo. Two point, uh, 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 there's 2.2 pounds per kilo, so one kilo, or maybe a half a gallon in liquid measure. So we'll bring you some insights about the microbial inhabitants and that dynamic interaction with the mitochondria that fuels our bodies. They're interconnected partners orchestrating a symphony of chemical signals that influence our metabolism, our immune system. And believe it or not, the gut-brain connection, our mental well-being. We'll get through some of this today, and what we don't finish, we'll finish at another podcast. 
because we're just starting this journey of understanding the composition of the microbiome and its far-reaching effects. And because we're studying it now, it may have far-reaching avenues of therapeutic for different therapeutic interventions. And I'm thinking even on a personal level with family members that have Parkinson's disease because they, the microbiome is connected to the brain. I had um, someone call me and they were struggling with chronic fatigue and we rebalanced their gut microbiome, therefore optimizing their mitochondria and that made a world of difference for this person. Remember in the prior weeks, I said the mitochondria has two main functions. One producing energy through ATP, the other is your immune system. And if, if a lot of the mitochondria is producing immune system optimization, it doesn't have much time to uh, create energy. So they, that, is a, that is a connection you have to uh, be aware of. So we'll start this uh, journey and we'll see where it takes us. And we'll start... Uh, after this, I want to tell you about eggs. I just had to break this up. You know, eggs, are, they get a bad reputation, right? Connected with high cholesterol, and that's another thing we've talked about, and we won't go into that. But yes, eggs have a lot of fat and cholesterol, but you don't have to run for the hills at the sight of a sunny-side-up egg. A recent study looked at 5,000 volunteers, some with heart disease and some without. This, this study was to see if they could detect any major health differences based on egg consumption. They did blood tests. They found that the egg eaters had higher levels of healthy metabolites that were linked to what? Lower cardiovascular risk. This in turn led to higher levels of HDL cholesterol. That's also known as the good cholesterol, folks. In fact, the study found that egg eaters had higher levels of the best form of HDL, the good stuff, the large molecule. These large molecules act as sweepers for our blood vessels. They push through and drag out all the junk that doesn't belong there. As for those folks that stayed away from eggs, they had lower levels of the good HDL and higher levels of the more dangerous metabolites that, were, that are linked to serious cardiovascular risks. So eating more eggs can lead to better heart health. How about that? While eating fewer eggs can increase your risk of heart issues. So, so much for the whole eggs are terrible for your heart health myth. This was results of Sarah Reagan, who uh, looked at a study called How Eating Eggs Can Protect Against Heart Disease and Improve Your Heart Health in SciTech Daily. Just had to bring that to your attention, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get on into the microbiome mitochondria connection and they are important players in our health 
That microbiome is a community of bacteria, fungi, and other microbes that live in our gut. And remember, the mitochondria are those little powerhouse organelles in our cells that produce energy, ATP. And recent research has shown that there is a bi-directional connection between the microbiome and the mitochondria. What does that mean? It means that the microbiome, those bacteria and other organisms can affect mitochondrial function. And guess, hear this, mitochondrial function can affect the microbiome. How does that work? One way the microbiome can affect mitochondria function is by producing metabolites that promote or inhibit the activity of the mitochondria. In other words, it produces chemicals that can slow the mitochondria up or speed them up. For example, short-chain fatty acids, they produce, they are produced by gut bacteria, the microbiome. They can increase mitochondrial functions while others, things that are produced, can decrease it. And vice versa, the mitochondria can affect the microbiome by influencing the production of antimicrobial peptides. And why, why is that important? These peptides, these, are connect, these connected amino acids can help to protect the gut from harmful bacteria. So if you have an imbalance or something that is called a dysbiosis in your gut microbiome, it's been linked to a number of health problems. That's why I said it, the future looks great if, as we continue this research. These health problems include obesity, diabetes, cancer, and it's also linked to diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Think about that. These microorganisms that reside in our bodies can have just life-changing effects because they can affect our energy-producing organelles, the mitochondria. So the microbiome, these collection of organisms and the mitochondria, they communicate. How do they communicate? By signaling pathways, electrical signaling pathways. And these signals can influence how the cells metabolize. And you know what else the gut bacteria can do? The gut bacteria that compose this microbiome, they can produce metabolites such as vitamins and other molecules like we talked about, those peptides that can influence the function of the mitochondria. And that, you know, where does the mitochondria get a source of energy? From the, the gut-producing bacteria in our in gut-producing bacteria. Well, sure, they're in our gut. That's why they're called gut-producing bacteria. How can we destroy our gut bacteria and disrupt it? Inflammation, inflammation. How many times have you heard me say that inflammation is the 
cause of most chronic diseases. Chronic inflammation can impact this mitochondrial function and contribute to a, a variety of diseases. So we, if we want to have a lot of energy, what do we need? We need active, healthy mitochondria. And there, like I just, like I have said, studies are suggesting that the microbiome plays that role in mitochondrial energy production. So I want to want to make you aware of something that I've said for a long time. Could high tech devices be poisoning you? Because we as a people have become a lot more sensitive. Our ancestors fought in wars, were exposed to the elements and survived famines, blizzards and epidemics. I mean, Jesus seems like everything today is making us sick. The children are allergic to peanuts, milk, gluten. They can't go outside. They're allergic to everything they touch. Whether or not it's a pathogen, food allergies, autoimmune disorders, our tolerance has taken a nosedive. But you know what? We're dealing with something our forefathers didn't have to deal with. We have to live and protect ourselves from a relentless surge of electromagnetic waves. That's right, microwave radiation, smartphones, Bluetooth, and other wireless technologies. Dr. Smith is, is prone to say that your microwave is good for a clock only. It produces a lot of radiation. But all of these gadgets are damaging us on a cellular level. And guess what, what's happening, folks? They're sabotaging, sabotaging our mitochondrial function. And I told you last week, the mitochondria have their own DNA and it can break up those DNA strands. And guess what else it can do? It can destroy your microbiome. And that, that microbiome mitochondrial co connection it shows up. So you may, may be knocked out for the count and your doctor says, well, all your tests are normal. I don't know what's wrong with you. It might be in your head. Well, fortunately, you now know there could be electromagnetic fields these assaults on our body. Probably 10 to 15% of people could be hypersensitive to electric and uh, magnetic fields, EMFs. And for what I'm reading, that's a conservative estimate. And who's doing anything to protect you? Who's doing anything to protect you from 4G or 5G? This is why you have to be your own physician. You have to be the CEO of your own body and take charge. 
So scientists have to deliver what our government is failing to deliver. And since there is a connection between the microbiome and the mitochondria, there's a special kind of probiotic that I have been talking about for three years. And I have told this audience that you have to have a superior interior all through the Chinese epidemic. You have to have a superior interior. Because a lot of people have yet to understand that our gut bugs, our microbiome, communicate with each other and communicate with our immune system. How? Why? I alluded to it earlier, they emit their own electromagnetic waves. And if you bring in outside electromagnetic waves from your cell phone, uh, tablets sitting on your gut, they can disrupt that delicate gut balance. And how many of us know that you need to recolonize, you need to put in more of these bacteria to keep them going. Regular probiotics, the ones that say they have 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 units of bacteria, they're not enough to overcome this electromagnetic assault. So this EMFs are killing off our microbes. They're killing them off in our GI tract. They're killing off the probiotics before they even get down to where they're needed. So I have been recommending, I don't get anything from this company. I don't take any advertising money at all, but it comes from a product that contains spores, microbial spores. They're tough buggers. They have a protective shell that helps them survive the stomach acid and the antibiotics. You may not be taking them directly, but they're in foods chickens, milk. These spore-based products, they stay dormant. I, I, I've read stories that even in the harshest of environments. But then when they get to your large intestine, the light switch goes on and they wake up. They can help with reestablishing your microbiome and help other bugs to stay healthy. They can repair damage to that gut, that, that barrier in your gut, that leaky gut syndrome. It's only one layer thick, leaky gut, but it, they can help repair that. And you won't be leaking nutrients out of your gut. They'll be in your gut to be absorbed properly. They can be anti-inflammatory because EMFs are inflammatory. And by keeping your gut happy, they keep your mitochondria happy, and they can increase your innate immunity. So you'll be able to tolerate what our toxic environment is throwing out at us. And you'll be less likely to get sick. I think, in my opinion, that these probiotics are the number one way to increase your immune tolerance. And I don't have any direct knowledge of this by treating patients, but I know, I, I know the science 
behind this, and they could make these EMF-related illnesses, the, the brain fog, the fatigue, mystery symptoms, heart rhythm problems, mood swings become extinct. So again, I don't get anything from microbiome labs, but that's where you get megaspore biotic. And it has five gut-friendly microbes in there. Okay. You'll have to uh, look it up. Megaspore. And they, that doesn't mean that excludes you from taking other regular probiotics. You can do that. But if electrical activity is damaging it, don't you think it makes sense to reduce electrical, magnetic, and radio frequency exposure? Turn that Wi-Fi off at night. Been talking about this for a long time, right? EMF exposure. So when you look up microbiome and mitochondria, you realize that we have three brains. Our brain... The second brain is in our gut. The third brain is in our microbiome. And it influences our health tremendously. Dr. Mark Ruggiero, who is a leading researcher studying the effects of EMF exposure, talks about the decreasing viability of known probiotics due to EMF exposure. That's, and he has it broken down into how many gigahertz of energy it takes to inhibit bacterial growth, make the bacteria very sensitive to antibiotics, inhibit the growth. He, he predicts that 5G is going to eviscerate the microbial DNA inside of us which is our operating system. Think about this. Our human DNA resonates, has a frequency of 54 to 78 gigahertz. The frequency of oxygen to be absorbed is 60 gigahertz. This 5G operates in that range. The bands for 5G are around 24, 28, 38, 39, 48 gigahertz with stations having 32. In other words, they not to bore you with these numbers, but it could interfere with oxygen absorption. And there are other things that can affect our microbiome, specifically drugs. They have a tremendous effect on our microbiome. The proton, proton pump inhibitors. You know, they're used to treat peptic ulcers and free flux. They can destroy our microbiome. In addition to all the other things I've told you about them, decreasing magnesium uptake, B12 uptake. 
Now there's a new, there's, there's an old product that's being touted as an anti-aging and a possible treatment for multiple sclerosis, metformin. But we have to know the side effects of metformin because metformin can decrease our microbial population in our gut. And as I said, antibiotics that are used to treat bacterial infection. We know that the Europeans take 34% of, 34% of Europeans take antibiotics, decreasing their resistance, their energy, affecting their immune system. So it, it, they are connected. It is important that we understand these, the, the effects, right? So we can stay healthy and have more energy. So we're eating good. We're drinking pure water. We're getting exercise. But you say, why the heck am I still tired? Could be your, your microbiome of influencing your mitochondria, which now cannot produce enough energy. You have to remember how the bacteria in our gut is there for a reason and helps our bodies to prevent problems and to give us more energy. So there's so much information. I just didn't want to make this too complicated for you today, ladies and gentlemen, but the megaspore is really important. And the other thing I wanted to bring to your attention is about our guts, because that's where our microbiome resides. And there's a mental connection here. And I wanted to ask you, how many of you say, I feel it in my gut? I knew that we were getting into a bad situation because, because I had a gut feeling. You know why? Because you were using two of your three brains. You were using your brain and, your, and your, the microbiome in your gut. That's why you felt it in your gut. Like Siamese twins, the two brains are interconnected. When one gets upset, so does the other one. And that connection between the gut and the brain is really important. People say that if you're dealing with depression and it's not responding to conventional treatment, and it's not working, and you have abdominal pain and constipation, they're all gut-related problems. When you address those GI issues, the gut problems, you often find that these other symptoms and the brain fog are gone and your energy level goes up. By the way, as we started about two months ago talking about anti-aging, you know what? As you become aware and keep your gut microbiome populated and healthy, that's one of the conditions for longevity. One of the conditions for longevity. 
And you know, I, I mentioned Hippocrates in the beginning of the program, but you know, Hippocrates more than 2,000 years ago, you know what he said? He said, all disease begins in the gut. So this idea that our gut governs our state of mind is not revolutionary. Hippocrates knew it. So we have to, you know, maybe even educate our healthcare providers about this gut-brain connection. And, you know, it, it's only been known for about the last five years that, that even scientists have made this discovery. So the state, this, this information is, is in the early stages, and now you have it to use for yourself and your family to heal brain problems, to get rid of moodiness, anxiety, depression, and boost your immune system. Reduce autoimmunity, improve your metabolism, get more energy. Because improving your gut will improve your brain. So there's some there's a book out, Change Your Gut, Change Your Mood. Talking about how gut-friendly microbes could treat depression. That second brain. You know what has another name? It's called the enteric nervous system. Tissue lining your esophagus, stomach, small intestine, and colon. Your gut network is like your brain network. And they send messages back and forth between the gut and the brain. And that main highway they use is something we talked about months ago, the vagus nerve. So anything that ends up in your gut can affect your brain. So what do we do? Well, you know, it goes back to just eating good foods again, lifestyle, ch lifestyle choices. I know not everybody likes fermented food, but the Chinese were fermenting cabbage 6,000 years ago. And you have yogurt to choose from, but without the artificial sweeteners, remember how aspartame now is a carcinogen. You have kefir. A lot of my patients when I was in practice would put that on their uh, use kefir to eat their cereal with. Sauerkraut is a fermented product. And go low carb and don't be afraid of eating good fats like coconut oil and olive oil. important for a diet. I want to make you happy before I go today. Enjoy your wine. Enjoy your tea. Enjoy your coffee. Enjoy your chocolate. The, it's really great medicine to support the health of our gut bacteria. How do you like that? I know I'll get flack for saying that. They're plant-based and plants produce what we call flavonoids to protect themselves from free radicals. 
They're powerful antioxidants, and those benefits are passed on to you. Wine, coffee, tea, and chocolate in moderation. Do you ever hear of prebiotics? Prebiotics. You get them from certain foods. Asparagus has it. Dandelion greens. Jerusalem artichokes. Garlic, leeks, and onions. Raw and cooked. There they are fuel for our gut bacteria. And like I say, filtered, clean, purified water. Get rid of the chemicals, the chlorine, the fluoride. That's another podcast. So, today we talked about the connection between the microbiome and the mitochondria, and we threw in the gut-brain connection. Exercise, have good thoughts. And there's a four, four sayings that are being taught. The sayings are, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and I'm grateful. We have those attitudes as we go through our days that will help us to heal internally, which will affect all of our chemicals. So let me just see if anybody has any questions. I don't see any, so let me just look at my notes. And by the way, you know, we have... That's basically, I got my, I hope I got my point across and what I wanted to talk about. But you know, this microbiome, I, I, I just go crazy in people using all these hand sanitizers because, you know, we have microbiome on our hands. We have it in our mouth. We have it in our GI tract, our lungs. And it does influence our health. <coughs> Excuse me. So we just don't want to be germaphobes, okay? Because if our microbiome isn't healthy, our immune system will not be healthy. And we'll be dealing constantly with inflammation and inflammatory distractions. So... I hope you got the message. It's been a pleasure being with you again. And this is Dr. Ron. I'm heard here on Podbean. This this uh, podcast will be released again at 4 p.m. It will then be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, LinkedIn, uh, just about every place to, that you can find a podcast except Pandora. Someone told me I'm even on ways now. So it's called Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. God bless you. Thank you. Keep the faith. And we'll try and get Dr. Smith next week so we can talk about that thyroid mitochondria.
connection. When I was thinking of all the shows I've done now the past few weeks, it's really all about M&Ms, isn't it? And who doesn't like M&Ms? They melt in your mouth, not in your hands, right? Mitochondria, melatonin, moringa, microbiome. Because we want to crush that exhaustion feeling. We want to feel better. Because now we know the impact of the microbiome mitochondrial connection. Thank you for listening. Take Freddie, we'll take us home. See you next week. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week. When the doctor is in the house Or when the doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you Sure, he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, Call the doctor and let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week. <laughs>